Hey John, how's it going? You know what? It's going. I'm it's hanging going. out. I'm chilling. It's a... What day is it? Wednesday? Uh, it's Wednesday. Yeah, I'm hanging out here in the middle of the week. Yep. That's about it. <laughs> yep, yeah. No, not a lot going on. What, what, what have you been up to? Uh, What's going on in your life? To, have I been up to literally anything since we last talked? I don't think so. I'm going over the last couple of days in my head, and I think most of it has been a wake up, do work, veg out, go to bed, repeat. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm really drawing a blank on anything interesting that's happened in my life recently. <laughs> I I have I have a I have a topic for us to get warmed up on. Yeah. Uh it's I I think it'd be very funny to talk about this. It's been like sitting heavy on my mind for the past couple days. Mm-hmm. Um little little known fact uh, uh about me. Well, I mean people probably could have picked up on it in, in in previous episodes, but I'm I'm a huge fan of like really poorly made porn games. Okay. Uh, uh, and there, there was one. There was one in particular that's like, like I like to buy up like one dollar ones that are like cheaply made, made quickly. Obviously, like a huge scam just to get the dev like some quick money. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. there's one you, you know, like your 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 classic like hentai sliding yeah, puzzle scheme. Yeah, yeah. Just bottom of the barrel crap. Yeah. Yeah. The scams. Yeah. Um. But there's one that's been sitting in my library that maybe doesn't fall into that category that's been, like, haunting me ever since I bought it, like, a year or two ago for, like, $3. Uh, okay. And, and that's critically acclaimed game Haiti. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was rapidly trying to update, to, to open Steam to, to get to your profile to see what you could possibly be referring to. But, okay. <laughs> what, what about Haiti? Um... It's it's always been an enigma to me because like so many people talk about it. It's it's referenced by so many people, uh, and I don't know anything about it except it being the funny butthole game. And I was like, you know what? Today's the day that I'm gonna see what this game is about. And uh-huh. I and I downloaded it, and I I played like 30 minutes of it, and uh-huh. and I am shocked by how bizarre of an experience it is i'm i'm so glad that you brought this up because i think i can actually help to bridge this gap a little bit okay okay (laughs) i have played the second game okay um but i've not played the first one so so maybe we can together uh uh synthesize a whole okay uh of haiti knowledge so Okay, so what I played was apparently just the tutorial stage. I didn't finish it because I got so mad at, like, the gameplay. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Uh, It's bad. Yeah. Uh, For those who don't know, the entire appeal of the game is that you're playing it so that you can look at the animations of the character, not so that you can actually play the game itself. If anybody's not familiar with Haiti, H-A-Y-D-E-E, it was, like... Uh, Well, the, the, the premise of the game is that you play as a robot woman with a gigantic ass and titties. And when you play the game, you get to watch her gigantic ass and titties bounce around on the model they made. Yeah. Um, that's the game. That's the game. Uh, there's like a, there's like a kind of a, it's like, 
it, it, it pretends to be kind of like a Resident Evil, like, Metroidvania exploration-based game. It just fucking is not fun to play. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you stop focusing on, like, the, the model of the character and the game itself, it just all falls apart because, like... The the tutorial is, is like so annoying because like it's it's platforming but like annoying platforming like jump to a ledge and grab a ledge but like the 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 devs clearly don't know how to how to do good like parkour stuff. Well, there has to be a long animation of your character grabbing the ledge and like hoisting herself yeah. up to it. Yeah, that uh, the camera zooms in on every time. Yeah, this 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 just has to be there. I, I think that's probably the funniest thing about the game is, like, anytime you, you gr- grab a ledge, uh, Spacebar, like, lifts you up on the ledge, but you have to hit Spacebar twice because there's, like, a middle animation where, where like, you press Spacebar once to, like, p- bring yourself up, but she, like, bends over the ledge and just stays there until you press Spacebar again and actually lift up all the way. And well, that's so that you can, uh, like, hit up and down and to keep going between the transitional stages of those animations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was then very shocked to find out that there's enemies in the game and there's mm. a gun. <laughs> I did not know that it was like a gun game. And it, the longer I played, the like more annoying it was like, like to get bullets for the gun. There was like this room with like four pillars that you had to like parkour through and it was just miserable and I kept dying and then, like, I died three times in the same room, and I got an achievement called Moron, and I was like, I don't like this game. This... <laughs> now I have a Steam achievement for Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the second game like? <laughs> so, I... Uh, the second game is also bad, um, mm-hmm. but it's, like, bad in, in weird ways. So, I... Uh, I'm not going to try to justify why I downloaded it, but I downloaded it. I pirated it, uh, like last year. Was it last year? It was during the pandemic. It was recently. Um, it was like after it came out uh, and I streamed it to a bunch of friends. Um, and, uh, like at the time I had been like on a big resident evil and like Metro Bini kick. So like, Oh, it's this weird horny game, but also it has these things. I like, why should I not try it to see if they made this one any good? Um, they didn't. Uh, so Haiti two has like, passable gameplay. I would say that the actual gameplay experience is, like, not the worst I've ever experienced. It's, like, a very fine Resident Evil exploration ripoff thing. The issue with Haiti 2 is that it really leaned hard into being self-aware. So... <laughs> How? So, okay, um... It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's more obscene than you could possibly imagine. So the first thing is that the, it, well, the first thing is that, like their, in their lack of self-awareness is that they gave the character a face. Um, and like, it looks fine. It's like pretty uncanny Valley because it's not a super high rent game. Um, but like, it's passable. It gets the, it, it gets the job done, I guess. Uh, but I, they, in doing this, they betrayed their core audience of people who really, really want a, a super thick faceless robot woman. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about the, the thing that makes me say it's the, the self-aware part is that like all of the, the space inside the game, like the, the play area, uh, which is like ostensibly like it, it's, it's a fuss, it's like a facility it's it's a area of any game you call a facility, uh, which means it's got like office space and like um, 
back rooms and like warehouse space, like all this shit, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but like three quarters of it is like plastered with like porn parody posters that they made with the model of their own character. <laughs> um, it's so weirdly tasteless, uh, in a game that is already like, it's, 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 its main feature is being completely tasteless entertainment. Yeah. Um, it, I, 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 it's, it's bad. It's not good. Um, the f- other funny thing is about Haiti too, is that, uh, it has like an in-game sensor option, which like pixel, which adds like an in-game, like uh pixelation filter to your camera. Yeah. Whenever you look at anything that has like a nipple. Yeah. Um, so you can stream it obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's perfectly safe for work otherwise. Um, and you can also customize your character and like give her like different hair and stuff. Those are the, these are all the main features I remember from Haiti too. Um, and I never finished it because, uh, the end of the game is like an escape sequence that has like a really short timer and absolutely no direction on where to go in the gigantic (laughs) map, uh, from where it starts you in a part of the map that you've only, uh, been to this one time to trigger the escape sequence. Um, would not recommend, uh, just if you're, if... This brings me uh, to a thing I've considered for a while, which is, um, you know, no matter how old I get and whatever perspective I try to approach uh, porn games from, I have never, ever come away with an answer besides, if you want to jack off, just jack off. If you want to play <laughs> Resident Evil, you can just play Resident Evil. True, true. <laughs> Dude, the, the, the game made me feel so creepy. Like, I... It, yeah. Because, like... All, the the stage was like this like there's nothing it's like a pure white rooms and like the character takes up like 60% of the screen 60 <laughs> and probably more uh and and like there's no music it's just the sound of her like her feet on the ground uh and it it's such a bizarre experience and I, I think I, 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 I wish that we weren't talking about this. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. Keep I, going. I, I think I, I, I've just opened my library and I've, I, I have now glanced over to the recommended Steam Workshop add-on uh, for Haiti that is it now has on here. And I think this sums up the game perfectly. That this is the, the, the what it's recommending me to go to Steam Workshop and download. John has sent me a, uh, a for the for the listeners at home. John has sent me a screenshot of a Steam Workshop listing. Uh, do you want to read it, or do you do you want to describe it? Uh, or, uh, uh, am I still here? Here, here. I'll I'll read it. Trending okay. item. Trending item. Nude Toriel. The naked goat mom model is finally here. Normal version here. Then a link to Steam community. Uh, while while the body is the basic Haiti body, the heads, hands, and feet have been handmade by me. Great. Oh, good. They gave her hooves. They they gave her hooves. Yeah, that's 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 what Haiti is. It's 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 a game where you download naked women and you then go into the game and then run around and look at the physics of the naked I, women. I wish we weren't talking about this for so long, but this is such a good this is such a good topic because it's a, it's a demon. I think we both need to exercise, <laughs> and it's just funny. It, it, it's a good. I think it's an interesting topic, right? Because like, like the experience of playing a game like this, um, when you're not like so delusionally horny, you don't notice that it's weird. That like, it, it, it the game is like, 
try is like us is like uh primarily a vehicle for you to look at a, a woman with gigantic boobs yeah um but secondarily is also like a game where like you shoot and kill and get shot and killed and uh like just i don't know just weird stuff yeah okay alex feel free to edit that down as much as you want <laughs> uh i think we've talked about shitty porn games enough unless we want to transition to booty farm we can talk about booty farm Oh, how's your uh, how's your booty farm ranks looking? <laughs> I haven't I haven't like opened booty farm in like years, but I have to keep the bit going. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. We can we can we can move on. We can move on. Okay. 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 Uh. Now now time for the real booty farm. Uh, oh my god! Th- this week <laughs> this week's reading of candy. Uh. <laughs> I um I'm I I can't give you too much of a hard time because I don't know how the hell I would split this book up without just doing them one at a time. But um Candy is really uh paced very strangely, and so reading it uh, epilogue to epilogue gets weird. Yeah. I think. Um but uh nonetheless. So, uh if we'll recall where we left off last time, um, everybody is in a frenzy of settling down and starting a family. Uh, John and Roxy have just proclaimed they are going to get married. Um, there was a horrible funeral for Dirk. Um, and, uh, yeah, some crazy shit is going on. Yeah, we're, we, so, we were, we were going to be so happy. We're, we're so happy. Everyone's going to be so happy. Um, is, is the, is the theme of our, was the theme of our first reading. And now, uh, I don't know what the theme of our second reading is, but it's batshit fucking insane. So, uh, epilogue four, chapter 16. Uh, we open on an extended text conversation, uh, between John and Terezi. Um, we learn over the course of this conversation, uh, that, uh, John and Roxy got married a couple of months ago. Um, so we are now, uh, in in the timeline post that um that that happened mm-hmm. um roxy is pregnant even uh they're going to have a child so uh i good for them i guess um jade or jane and jake are now dating um that is uh that is going um john relates this uh with a story of how at uh, his wedding, uh, Jane ordered Jake to catch the bouquet and was really mad at him when he didn't. Um, yeah. Uh, Jade, Dave, and Carcat are all dating. Um, also, apparently, uh, although, according to John, Jade may not be helping with the Dave Cat situation. Um, Damn. But, you know, that's going. Uh, let's see. There's a split up, uh, Terezi, uh, goes, uh, for a minute, um, or they, they stop talking, and then, uh, we rejoin on a second half of conversation, uh, in which we learn that now Jane is not only dating Jake, but Gamzee is now involved in the relationship. Uh, Terezi already knew about this from, uh, talking to Dave and Karkat, she's been apparently talking to people other than John at this point, um... We've also learned through her that Karkat is apparently not happy with uh, Jay's Black Rom conduct. Uh, we get a little bit of insight as to kind of the uh, 
the dynamics of Black Rom, um, as Terezi relays it. Uh, she describes kismisitude as, uh, like, having a kismesis is something that should push you to better yourself. Uh, like, the presence of one another in your lives should uh, push you to be better than you are um, and confront things about yourself through that other person. Uh, and she says, uh, explain this, that, like, uh, uh, a kismesis is as much of a partner as a mate spirit is. Um, I forget whether that's, uh, there's a couple of places in this reading where this comes up, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, she relays that, uh, she, she describes what the point of a kimesis is in your life. Um, and, uh, we leave off on some back and forth teasing, uh, kind of connecting into that, weaving through that whole, uh, explanation of Black Rom, uh, with John leading off, like, yeah, uh... One day I hope to introduce you to people and say, Hi, this is Terezi. She doesn't suck shit. Uh, like, you know, they're doing a little bit of cute little... It, it, you know what's going on. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Damn. And, uh... So, yeah, that's, that's, that's our backfill on everything that's happened since the last reading. Um... Knowing where this all goes, it's just sad. <laughs> yeah. I do think this is a interesting way to frame candy. Like yeah. Like before this the the this this the the way the way that candy was being presented to us felt to me at least it felt like a little more similar to how meat was. Like it felt like I don't know. We felt like closer to the characters. But but mm. now it's like the this the information is just being like relayed to us in a way that makes us feel like more distant from the characters like we like it's just so much is happening off screen now and we're just like getting a little check in before we're then ripped away and like another time jump happens yeah uh candy is like it, 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 it it's it's more of like a, a... It, it it takes place a lot more on like the long timeline, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I feel I feel like I'm looking at these characters like they're on a petri dish or something. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 having read meat first, um, like the whole uh, and this is probably a little bit early to like discuss it like this, but um, the whole like through of candy so far feels like a study in like here's what happens if meat didn't happen. And it's, like, very, like, not not clinical, but, um... Yeah, it's more detached. Uh, it, it seems more like the point is just to kind of show us the arc of history more than to get us invested in how it might be changed. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chapter 17. Um, three months later... Uh, John and Roxy are hanging out with Rose and Kanaya. Um, they are uh, they they are just uh, all chilling. Um, John is uh, anxiously texting Terezi uh, under Roxy's nose. Uh, notes that he shouldn't be feeling any apprehension about this, but he is. Um, and uh, I I guess that's just normal. I wonder if it will ever matter. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, John Roxanne with, uh, Rose and Kanaya, um, so, 
over the course of uh their conversation, I'm just hanging out. Uh, John begins to uh feel that things are wrong. Um, for instance, when the topic of Dirch is breached, uh, the first thing that kind of sets him off, um, or makes his uh or uh catches attention is uh rose comments uh, when they're talking about dirk um that she's sure that uh he would have just wanted them to move on with their lives and forget about him um which uh yeah that's an interesting comment to make uh but yeah that that john uh john is intrigued by this comment um as conversation continues uh rose then uh goes well let's see uh John is uncomfortable with the choice of name Vriska for Rosenkania's child, um, even though the their adopted grub baby is like literally just a uh, little mini Vriska. Um, so this causes this uh, prompts uh, Rose to inquire as to what uh, John and Roxy are going to name their kid. Uh, to which John says, "Well, uh, Harry Anderson Egbert." God. Roxy fills in, and John is too ashamed to, uh, to admit it. <laughs> um, and oddly enough, instead of making fun of him, uh, Rose sits down and very sincerely says, you know, I agree, I think it's very important that we name our the next generation after the generation that came before us uh, to have something to keep the tradition living. Um, and that's why we named our child Vriska, because she's such a hero for defeating Lord English. Uh... This is incorrect. John immediately recognizes that. How would how would Rose know whether Vriska uh, defeated Lord in English? Um, didn't they? Wasn't the whole point they left off without defeating him? Wasn't the whole point that he had to go back and finish the job himself? Uh, that's just not right. Um, John kind of freaks out. Uh, at this all all this thing all this shit kind of happening around him. Uh, all these. Uh, reality attempting to gaslight him, um, and uh, he uh, he freaks out, uh, excuses himself from uh, his wife and friends, and uh, goes to message Terezi, um, pleading with her uh, to please come and make some sense at him. So yeah, uh, this is this is kind of our jumping off point for everything. Everything's fucked. I'm starting to feel like this guy has a thing for Terezi. I'm I'm really starting to yeah I'm really starting to see that. Um, wasn't sure if you agreed. <laughs> yeah, uh, John is kind of down bad for Terezi, um, and reality does not seem to be completely correct around him. Um, yeah. he's the only one who is perceives that something is wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, there's kind of a, a theme with all of these, uh, John chapters that I'm noticing, uh, throughout this reading, uh, and you can see it come in on the last page of this chapter, uh, where, uh, in that last paragraph before he messages Terezi, um, he's, like, trying to assure himself, like, this is what, this is the life that I, that I want, like, this is, uh, a normal, perfect life, I'm happy. Um, that's a big theme that, or that's a big, uh, thing that, uh, is present in most of these. So yeah, I want to, uh, call that out. Yeah. Um, 
because uh, this it's a big theme throughout this entire uh, entire reading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Surely, surely there will be no more repercussions of of Candy persisting as the reality where Ellie was not defeated. Surely, surely not. Surely, this will surely. all stay very normal. <laughs> all right. So, speaking of normal, do you want to talk about um, maybe <gasps> maybe the funniest chapter in this entire book? Um. All right. Chapter eighteen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's so funny about it, huh? <laughs> All right, so, chapter 18, we get a little window into the Crocker uh, family day-to-day. So, we open uh, on Jane uh, lounging in the Crocker mansion uh, in her silk robe, uh, keeping abreast of political goings-on, uh, watching TV. Um, and Gamzy is also there, attending to her. Um, so, I don't even know, I don't even, I don't know how to, how to describe this. So, (laughs) so, um, Jane begins lecturing, uh, Gamzee on, on, you know, some hard truths about, uh, Earthsea politics. Um, Gamzee, uh, makes a comment to her, uh, you know. Asking if she's really down with all of the uh, clown bad stuff that's happening, all the sticky shiz, as he puts it, uh, related to the government's oversight of uh, troll population control. Um, yeah, uh, he makes a comment to her about that, uh, being like, "Yeah, not cool," um, which prompts Jane to push back a little bit and uh, lecture him, um, and. Uh, this little uh, dance goes on a little bit. Jane um, makes some very reasonable-sounding arguments uh, for doing eugenics. Um, and uh, Gamzee uh, playfully is like, Hey, uh, that sounds kind of xenophobic to me. And it, 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 it comes out that this is part of this bizarre uh, courting courtship ritual they have where... Uh, they uh, Gamzy goes in and they start, you know, getting getting grabby, um, and then in the most, in in the most uh perfect translation of like on screen camera work to text, the camera pulls out abruptly and we see that uh Jake <laughs> is sitting on the couch like uh four feet away from them, um, <laughs> playing with him. And Jane's uh, poor little baby Tavros, um, insane. This is like the first thing. This this is the first <laughs> man. I am blown away by this. Uh, this is unbelievable. Um, uh, so I'm not I'm I'm not doing this justice. Uh, th- there's there's a lot to this. Um. Uh, Jane's monologue about uh about doing eugenics. Um she talks about like how troll reproduction and uh had to outpace uh what's well, a new natural human reproduction pace um by necessity uh because uh, on Alternia they were constantly being called and there was this very uh really brutal uh, artificial selection process 
Um, and you know, you just can't have reproduction at that scale on on Earth with humans. It, it, you know, you know, it would be an unstable situation. There's no way to deal with it besides having the government uh, in every troll's bedroom. You know, it's it's fine. Um, it's the Gamzee's retort being like, uh, I don't know, this is kind of xenophobic, and then the way they kind of jab back, it it's so, ugh, it's so gross. Yeah, yeah, the the, the, <laughs> the sheer fact that, like, J- Jane explaining why uh, a genocide might be okay, actually, is folded into their, like, weird kismesis foreplay is... Yeah. And then Jake's there with the baby. Hang on, hang on. You're skipping to the part where, uh, you're skipping to all the, all of Gamsey talking about Jane's boobs. Uh, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> there's that too. Uh, uh, uh I want to uh, call specific attention to the phrase, uh, tasty ho balloons. We gotta get this guy out of here. You, you, you're missing the fact where he says the tasty hobaloods are filled with human moju. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Bring those I didn't humongous bazongas over here. <laughs> Bring those humongous bazongas over here. <laughs> yeah. Um. My God. Okay. Uh. I also want to just like I, the physical descriptions of Gamzee in Candy are so ruinously effective. Yeah. Um. The, you can really, like, there's, it's a sensory, uh, it's a feast for the senses. We get descriptions of, like, uh, his kind of wet pajamas as he bends over and, <laughs> and Jake looks at his big round ass straining against his pants. Um, the, the, I... <laughs> It's powerful stuff here, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, poor Jake. Poor, so, poor Jake. Poor, poor Jake. Um, so poor Jake is attending to baby Tavros, uh, as this is all going on, uh, besides him. Um, and, uh, so, interrupted, um, so Jake, uh, asks if they can keep it down a little bit, which is just the saddest thing uh, to make your entrance into the scene with. Um, Jane and Gamzee frantically realize uh, that they are, in fact, not alone. Um, Jane offers to let him join in, which is, you know, the kid's right there. Uh, I I think that we're getting the image that Jane is not the most responsible parent. I'm not sure. Um, Jake takes this opportunity to excuse himself uh, and uh, message Jade. Um, just cause he needs, he needs somebody to talk to. So <laughs> as, uh, as, as Jake leaves, um, and, uh, begins talking to, uh, to Jade, uh, the acute noises of Jane and Gamzee, uh, become louder down the hall. Um, and, uh, just, it, it's a, a lot going on here. A lot going on here. Um, so Jane and uh, Jake have a conversation um, about uh, about this about about things. Just catching up. Um, Jade asks how things are going with Jane and Gamzee, and Jake immediately is like, "That's fine. Are you guys gonna have kids anytime soon?" 
yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jake deflects immediately asking about uh, the home situation between Jade and Dave and Carcat. Um, Jade alludes to biological difficulties caused by her fusion with Beck, uh, preventing them from having a child. Uh, Jake keeps pressing on this topic, uh, to which we get more vague allusions to Jade's, uh, I I guess, situation, we'll say. Um, and, uh, Jake, uh, or Jade tries to put it into the conversation, um, Jake is like, no, please, I, I, I just want to talk about anything. Um, which she is like, hey, is anything alright? And Jake, unfortunately, cannot bring himself to say, my life sucks, I need out of here. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of it. Um, this chapter is a, is a technicolor nightmare, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much. Yeah, uh... So there's the entire there's the entire situation with uh with Gamzee. Um poor Jake. Can we say poor Jake? I, poor, I, I don't know what Jake. there is to say. I don't know what there is to say about Jake besides poor Jake. Poor Jake, poor poor sweet baby Tavros. Yeah. Um it, it, This is the first appearance of Tavros, right? Like he wasn't in so. last reading. Okay. We completely skipped over the fact that it's 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 not like a baby Tavros. It's it's actually Jane and Jake's baby. Yeah, my bad. I, yeah, filling fill in the holes here left by <laughs> less exposed by everything. So yeah, um, Jane. Yeah, Jane and Jake's son, uh, poor little Tavros Crocker, um, has entered the world. Uh, he's here now, and I, I guess we know that at least one thing he's been exposed to as an infant is uh, horrible clown makeouts with no respect for his father's proximity. <laughs> Uh, this this chapter also is uh, it, it contains one of the big things that a lot of people point at when when they say they hate the epilogues. Yeah, uh, a, a controversial bit. Uh, uh, and that's that's the allusions to Jade having a dog penis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't like that. I specifically remember that coming up as like a thing that I had seen or like as an anti epilogue talking point. Yeah. Um. Uh, like a long time ago. Uh. I I have very little to say about it. Um. Yeah. I I don't have much to say about it because like I I am a I am a legacy Homestuck fan. I've been around long enough to know about people speculating about what the fusion with Beck did to Jade like a decade ago. So to to me like the the writers like putting that in here. I don't know it. I don't have anything to say about it. It's just there. Yeah, I, I I find it. I could take it or leave it. I find it an odd inclusion. Um, but I don't think that it's like nearly as offensive as I was led to believe. Yeah. Um. Like like the only I, the, <laughs> the only like allusions to it are I think this segment and like the 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 part uh where Terezi like talks about the tying the knot joke thing. Yeah. And, like, that's it. It is... It is alluded to for jokes. Yeah. Um, Uh, If anybody wants to air out their complaints about Jade Dog Penis, 
find somewhere to do it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear it. I actually, um, that's not an invitation. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. I don't think there is much to say about it. It just. Uh, I, I. It definitely a case of like. I don't know. It. It's. It, it, it's like if uh, somebody was like trying to tell tell you tell tell us like tell you like why why a Homestuck podcast is bad, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's that show where they talk about porn games." <laughs> um, like factually speak, like technically speaking, like yeah, it, it's happened. Um, but sure, I don't. Uh, okay, yeah, that's all. That's all. Um, the, the main, the main, uh, the main, the thrust of this chapter is that Gamzee is cucking Jake. Yeah, I find that, I, his own son. I find that way more upsetting than anything going on with Jane. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a, a clown cuckoldry. Um, I know that we already talked about how disgusting their weird foreplay discussion is, but like, the... <laughs> The, 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 like, it, it flies a little bit too close to, like, race play yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I think that's the real horror of this chapter, is that, uh, Jane is, like, being racist to Gamzee to get him off. <laughs> um, uh, again, not something that I have a ton of input on, one way or the other, uh, morally speaking, but, uh, one... It's really funny, and two, it's really fucked up. So I guess you're gonna get mad about something. Get mad about that. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get Jake uh, out of there. We gotta. <laughs> too much going on. Poor, poor Jake. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, we, uh, we, are are Jade is our connection to the next chapter. So. Hot off the heels of her conversation with Jake uh, about uh, parenting and starting a family, um, Jade uh, is... So, the scene is uh, Jade and Dave and Carcat are on a picnic um, uh, overlooking... Uh, well, they're, they're somewhere... I assume that they're in the Troll... I assume they're somewhere near the Troll Kingdom because uh, there's Alternian wildlife over yeah. Um, doesn't matter. Jade, Dave, Carcutt are all hanging out, and uh, Jade raises the topic of uh, what if we had kids? You know, Jane and Jake have a kid. Um, John and Roxy have a kid. You know, why don't why, let's uh let's get on the, let's get on the fun. Um, Dave and Carcat are uh sensibly uh not super into this idea. Um, Carcat points out that, above all else, uh, adoption would be illegal now because of new rules uh, instituted by the government, um, which is another kind of theme throughout Candy of the conflict is not the uh, the main thing happening like it is in Meat, but there is a very potent through line of the government is doing fucked up shit um, in, in the absence of uh, of a uh, Cargas run for presidency, um, or 
the government has already started implementing all these policies, um, and we get to see uh, some of the consequences of them in the background. So yeah, that's fun. Uh, interracial adoption is illegal. Um, besides that, uh, Dave uh, sincerely says, like, hey, I don't... Knowing our track record is like a group of people um i don't i don't think we can raise a kid uh like yeah i i uh using baby tavers as an example uh not a not a good look uh because yeah. that kid's gonna be fucked up when he grows up um they talk a little bit about jake's disastrous relationship um and uh as the conversation is about to turn to, as Dave and Carcat see the the opportunity to bring up, like, hey, I don't think our relationship is very good either, they're interrupted by teenage Jade's corpse flying out of the sky and Holy shit. crash landing. Where did uh, that Where did that come from? What the heck? <laughs> that happens. So yeah, uh, the the that this chapter ends up uh, or wraps up uh, with a. Uh, Jade looking at her own corpse being like, I gotta talk to Jane about this. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think that this is a, it's really, um, it's, it's, it's hard to muster the same enthusiasm I have for good chapters having, uh, read through a, a good chunk past this. Yeah. Um, but I think this chapter is really effective at showing the, Jade Dave Cat situation. Yeah. Um most of the dialogue is like between uh or like there's not most of, but there's a good chunk of dialogue that's like just Dave and Carcat not talking to Jade. Um the chunk in the middle where uh they're riffing about the the adoption and the microwave dinner. Um is basically just like Dave and Carcat talking over Jade and just being like riffing on each other. Um the, like, Jay's denial of the whole, of, uh, the situation, denial, uh, big theme in Candy so far. Yeah. Um, like, the, Dave and Carcat, well, Dave and Carcat raised valid points, I think, um, Carcat especially, uh, but Dave, you know, has a point too, even though he can't even not backed up by like the 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 the, the specifics of the situation uh, and the the law. Um, he's got a point that uh maybe they shouldn't be raising kids. Um, yeah, Jade is uh very anxious to be to have the life that she sees as being desirable. I guess. Yeah. Um, Jade is. is is very bought into this idea of like, you know, starting a family, um, which uh, kind of uh, mirrors how John has like John is in the position of like I've started a family now. Where's my life? Like where where where's my life? Yeah. Um. What else here? Uh. The reveal. Um. From where is it? Uh, Jade, uh, confessing that, um, the last time she talked to John, he said that Jane had raped Jake. Um, yeah, that's, 
that's something. Yeah. Um. Jade is Jade is like definitely aware that uh, Jake's relationship is just awful and super toxic. Um, but wants to pretend that like Tavros is gonna be fine. Yeah. Is is kind of the the theme there. Um. And she she raises a well, I don't even know I don't know what to what to call this, but it uh it it, it gels pretty well with events later, um. Where uh, Jade says um, uh, expresses her frustration in that she can see that uh, it it's a bad relationship, but uh, no one's gonna leave a bad relationship until it's their idea. Which is what sparks Dave and Karkat to be like, oh, maybe we should bring this up. And then they're interrupted uh, by Corpse Missile. Damn. Um, but Damn. what Jade specifically says here is, uh, what am I supposed to do? Show up at his window dressed like the Blue Fairy and whisk him away from his terrible life? Um, it, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the attempt at subtle foreshadowing, but the Blue Fairy... The, the blue fairy. <laughs> you know, the one. The, the one. Yeah, the that blue, one. The blue one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel bad for these three. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I hate to say it, but maybe... Maybe Jade should be neutralized for a little bit, like in in meat, so that so that Dave Cat can be figured out. Per, perhaps that would be beneficial to Dave and Carcat's relationship. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um. Uh, yeah, I just I, I, of of everybody, like of every uh, of all of these groups, I think I uh like all the relationships that we see uh get together and fall apart over the course of this reading. Yeah. Um, I, I feel the worst for these three because yeah. I don't think any of them really deserve it. Yeah. And I don't think any of them really are like to blame. Like you can blame Jade, but she's just being stupid. She's it's, not like, it's just all communication stuff. It. Like it, it, it just all comes down to communication with these three. Yeah. Yeah. Dave and, Dave and Karkat are just not ready to make themselves heard, and Jade is not um, mature enough to recognize that uh, she should be trying to encourage them to speak up instead of just pretending everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, chapter 20? Let's see. So, uh, moving on. Um, direct, direct continuity here. Uh, Dave and Jade and Karkat have brought, uh, Teen Jade's body to Jane's, uh, mansion. Um, and yeah, uh, John and Roxy are also there, um, and Azar Rose and Kanaya. Uh, so we are, we're, we're getting the whole gang together, um, to, to deal with a dead, dead Jade body. Um, so, as they all kind of, uh, group up, um, John and Dave, uh, take notice of some animosity between, uh, Jane and Jake, uh, trouble in paradise, as it were. Um, not looking good. It's not looking good. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, moving on. Uh, so they present the corpse to Jane. Um, Jane tries and fails to revive her. Um, Rose curiously has no idea what's going on. Uh, this is not notably curious, uh, given that. Well, let's see. Uh, it notes that. She doesn't sound confident. Not like she did a month earlier when she claimed that Briska had defeated Lord English. Uh, when she says she doesn't know. Um, so, I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but interesting detail. Uh, that. Um, Jade uh, posits that it might be uh, an issue of distributed selves. Um, brings up the whole meat thing uh, about how... Uh, what is this? Uh, Jade's theory is that... Um, as all of ourselves across infinite timelines are actually just one self, right? Like, one ultimate self distributed across multiple bodies. So in multiple places and states at once. Every jade that exists is like a light being shining through a thousand cracks in the timeline. But if we're outside the place where that light is being split from, maybe only one of us can exist, and that's why she's stuck in this horrible state. Interesting. Interesting theory. Interesting idea. Um... Roxy, uh... So, in in light of this news that we've we've been gifted a a fresh Jane a, a fresh Jade corpse um can't revive it. Uh, Roxy's idea is to have another funeral. I have another <gasps> big social funeral. <gasps> um, this is uh this this idea goes over somewhat poorly uh because unlike the last time they had a big funeral together, um, one Jade is still alive, but two and this is kind of the uh big wedge issue, is that Jane is currently in the midst of a uh fascist lobbying campaign to oppress uh trolls, uh which really does not jive well with Kanaya and Karkat uh when the idea of a big social gathering is floated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially not Carcat, who, uh, kinda, kinda snowballs from here, and, and he goes off. Um, he, Carcat, uh, goes off on Jane, um, for her, uh, blatant racism, and all, just generally, all, all her shit. Um, he, uh, yeah, uh, I think the, the, uh, the key line here, when he's talking about, so, um, how Jade is, Jane is on TV all the fucking time, uh, bullshitting about how we need troll, we need to be harsher on trolls, uh, in policy, in policy making. Um, he asks her, uh, do you think that it's being broadcast at a frequency only humans can hear? Do you think we're that stupid? Um, I like that a lot. I think it's a very effective... I think I, I love this outburst as like a way to communicate the the divide here because, like, it, it goes it goes to show the for Jade it's or for Jane, uh, like like division between how this is for Karkat and Kanaya, uh, who have to like listen to this shit and can very easily see what's going on for what it is, uh, versus like Roxy for instance who is that dumb. Um, in this version of the story. Yeah. And it works against him in that way, because Jane's response is to be, you know, the reasonable one, and be like, 
oh, what what Carcat? So Carcat says like the the trolls are the the the, the troll population of Earthsea is start is scared and we're starting to get angry because this is bullshit. Um, and Jane's response is to you know to, to to play the reasonable angle and be like that sounds like a threat of violence. Why are you be why why are you being so mean to me, uh, Mister Troll? Uh, this doesn't reflect very we're very well on your cause. Um, just absolute, just awful, awful, yeah, awful. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, and it's the and and it and it works on Roxy. Um, it 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 wins her over enough that uh she maintains a neutral stance and continues to admonish Carcat for getting heated. Um. Carcat's done. He's just done. He's gonna get the fuck out of here. Um, he goes off on Gamzee a little bit too. Uh, which is, you know, like, <laughs> what is there to say? Gamzee is the worst. Gamzee is like the worst guy. Carcat knows it. He's, Carcat's like, I know you're full of shit. This is bullshit. Fuck you. Um, and he storms out. Good for Carcat. And, uh, <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Go off, King. Uh, and, uh, they decide to, to, to go along with the funeral. <sighs> Great. What a time. It's, a, it's interesting. Fun little time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I understand a little bit better why Jane Likers would be so pissed about uh about the epilogues because like this is the <laughs> she's just a, such a fucking piece of shit. It's insane. I think I think the difference between uh Meat Jane and Candy Jane is really interesting. Uh, because. The, the big fear was, oh, Jane's going to run for president. And she will be a bad president. Uh-huh. But things are turning out way worse when she's stuck to her corporation. And yes. everything is getting bad pretty fast. Just because she's sticking to her business guns. And putting money in people's pockets. And I think that's an interesting divide. Between mm-hmm. b- between the two Janes, yeah, I don't think it's the deepest bit of political commentary, but I, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's not that deep. It's it's here. It's it is, it's, it, it's it's politics in my home stock. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's uh, not maybe not wrong <laughs> in oh, what it's trying to point out. I was I was reading epilogue takes like last night. Yeah, and I. I, I found this one tweet from somebody that I thought was, like, fascinating. And they were like, the the reason I didn't like the epilogues is because Homestuck is about growing up, and they put so many politics in the epilogues. And I was like, what world are you living in? <laughs> Where, uh... uh the one wor- with no mirrors. <laughs> the world stayed apolitical when, when you became an adult. Like, what? Like... Politi- politics are so it's it, growing up you know it's like essential like you got to deal yeah. with that shit and i think that like it, to be fair like the way that it's shown in candy is like a very um i think a very fair portrayal of like 
the reality of getting older. Yeah. Um, and like what becomes a consideration and what doesn't. Yeah. Like and like what you can afford to think of in your life and like how people deal with it. Yeah. Like car cats outburst. Like may- maybe not so much on the side of like be- being friends with uh, uh, probably a trillionaire who's running the government behind the scenes, but like the whole like politics, like breaking up a friend group and like car cats outburst. Like that shit happens. That's yeah. real. Uh, and it it baffles me that there are people out there who just either don't experience that or don't see how that can happen it i don't know i don't know what's going on in people's heads it, it's 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 truly weird like i don't know i don't want to put too many words into the mouth of random faceless weirdos on twitter who will probably say all those things anyway yeah um but yeah i think that uh <laughs> The the thing that has shocked me about the Homestuck epilogues uh, versus how people will have you believe they're the worst thing ever is that, like, all the things that people bring up about them as being like, oh, I hate this, is, like, it, it's just kind of integrated into it in a way that I feel like is very fine. Yeah. Um, And the politics more so, it's like, this what the whole fucking book is about. It's pretty good at it. I don't know. I like it. Get over yourselves. So true. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Learn about, I don't know, I don't know, fucking Google labor theory of value. I don't know. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm not going to educate you. All right. Fucking uh, a Marxism podcast. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> to, to, through our, our fundamental, or through our foundational Marxist text of the Homestuck epilogues. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Where were we? Um, uh, we're at a funeral now. Yes. Uh, the funeral. Um, th- okay. Like we were just talking about, uh, the, the, pa- the breakneck pacing of candy, uh, when it compared to meat, um, it takes you through the shit so fast. Like, uh, and there's a lot more, there's a lot less hopping around or the hopping around is kind of, um, grounded more uh i just i just want to like uh trace the the steps we've just taken in the last couple chapters so we've gone from uh jo- uh let's see uh jane and jake's like fucked up home life um yeah. and jake uh talking to, like trying to reach out to jade about that uh from that to jade thinking about that conversation and then uh bringing that topic up to david carcat um, to the Jade Corpse thing happening, then directly back to, uh, the Crocker estate. Yeah. Um, in the middle of all that, uh, how much time passed? It was... Uh, it was, like, months, right? Uh, there's, it, there would have been months between, like, uh, Jade and Jake's conversation and then her talking to, um, Damon Carcat, right? Because, uh, not a lot of time otherwise to fit that in. Okay, it was, it was, okay, three months after the initial John Terezi conversation at the start of the reading. Uh, then, uh, I, don't think that, I don't think there's many time mentions, uh, yeah. during those events. Yeah, um, but my, my point being that, like, there's this, we, we didn't, like, 
uh, there there was nothing that like pulled us away to like check in on like what Dirk is doing, like what John is doing. Yeah. Um, it's all just kind of happening together. It's a lot more of a uh. Like I said, it it, it, it feels more like a history um, and how it just kind of goes, it it like traces it more throughout. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're all, we're already like a year in from, mm -hmm. from like where Candy starts. Yeah. Uh, Because there there was, I think there's a, like a direct mention to Dirk's funeral being like a year ago during the second funeral. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, the break your neck pacing. Um, and, like, this is also, like, you know, like, okay, the fucking idiot saying that the chapters in a book follow one another. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing it to, to how, like, meat, it feels a lot different for me. Yeah. Uh, in, in that respect. Um, okay, yeah. The Funeral. Uh, chapter 21. Um, Teen Jade's Funeral. Uh, this time, uh, no press, no nothing, just the, just the cast, our characters. Um, Roxy, uh, hosting this whole thing, is completely oblivious, uh, that everybody besides Calliope seems to be fucking miserable. Um, this, it, it sucks. Uh, awful, awful party. Um... Just as the uh, the speeches begin, um, and the just as the fun begins, uh, we get a surprise visit um, from of all characters, Aradia and Solix. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> it's good again. The, I I was very excited to see Aradia back. Um, I it, not at the at the last mysterious post uh, postscript chapter. Um, Do you remember the last time we saw Aradia? Uh, or wait, sh- it's been... Or did she show up earlier? Did she show up last time? I uh, literally have already forgot. The, the last time we saw Aradia was during the Act 7 flash. She was, fly- she was flying just outside the black hole. I thought this was a trick question because of the no. postscript. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, um, it's been a minute. It's good to have her back. Uh, I love her. I'm happy to see it. Um, everybody is shocked at this development. Uh, holy, holy fuck! Nobody, nobody's seen Aradia and Sox in forever. Um, so yeah, good to see him. Uh, <laughs> Roxy uh, is insists that the show must go on. Is not uh, isn't entertaining. Uh, the the sudden uh, impromptu catch up between Aradia, Sox, and Carcat. Um. And, uh, so yeah, the funeral continues. Um, Aradia takes interest in, uh, Gamzee, uh, particularly, uh, noting his freedom. Um, she approaches him, uh, comments on, you know, hey, so you got out of the fridge. Um, and, uh, he tells her about what, she, what he's been up to. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just love this conversation. Uh, Gamzee is, like, bullshitting about, uh, I'm doing my redemption arc. Um, and Aradia's just like, hmm, is that so? Interesting. <laughs> She's great. I love her. Gamzee's great, too. Gamzee's fucking... Gam- Candy Gamzee's, uh, always a fucking trip, regardless of how many, uh, bazongas he has his mitts on. <laughs> um, 
uh, <laughs> what is it? Oh, uh, I've been doing all kinds of good deeds at the lost motherfuckers, preaching the holy word, making out with orphans. <laughs> um, and then, uh, <laughs> Solix comments, isn't it kissing orphans? And Arati's response is, let him talk, Solix. Uh, perfect. Perfect dialogue. I love them. I love them so much. I love them all. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Aradia is, is here. Um, as a Solix. Uh, so yeah. The, Jade is, so, panning over to, uh, Jade. Um, Jade is, you know, at her own funeral, not having the greatest time of it. Uh, it's a little bit weird. Um, Dave attempts to console her. Uh, he is not the most effective at it. Uh, he goes, uh, he, he makes a move like he's trying to uh, give her a hug that would, and she goes in for it. And then he just covers her eyes with his hand. Um, smooth, dude. Uh, this leads to a conversation. This leads to an eight text caller conversation uh, about our, our various characters' uh, capacity to be good emotional support. Um, during which Jane managed to find the time to be even more racist. Um, jabs in. Uh, oh god, I don't even want to read. I'm not going to read this. She says that Kanai is one of the good ones. It's so gross. <laughs> it, it's it's insane. They're having like a completely normal conversation. <laughs> and Jane, there, it, it is. <laughs> she says she's like, yeah, Kanai is one of the good ones. It's lit, like John, Rose, Dave, and Jade are like. Having, um, like, uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta rush your names. Like, Jade, Dave, Rose, Kana, and Kanaya, and John are, like, involved in, like, a, a normal little conversation between friends, which is, like, you know, sure, it's at a funeral, whatever. Uh, who cares? This shit fucking sucks. Um, and Jane comes in out of nowhere just to be racist. It's insane. <laughs> My God. Horrible. Horrible. Hate this woman. Um, and so, okay, so, Jane is racist, um, Karkat is mad about it, and Calliope, uh, decides to, you know, just, let's all calm down here, uh, Roxy's got something to say, um, and Roxy goes into this big, her whole big speech about how, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we're all drifting apart, maybe we all hate each other, uh, maybe we have, uh, unbridgeable divides on political stuff, aka one of us wants to genocide the others, um, you know, all that might be true, but we should just be grateful that we all have the chance to be here together, um, despite all odds, uh, it's just, isn't that beautiful? Shouldn't we be so happy that we just get to be here? It's so wonderful. We're all gonna be so happy. It, it it it's so great. It, it, it I'm so great. It, it's I'm so happy that we all get to be here, and that's that that's why we should be happy about this. That's it. Um. And then uh, I mercifully uh, her speech is cut short by her water breaking. Um. Woo. Baby on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. John and, uh, John and Roxy, uh, fucking get going, um, and, uh, Calliope is about to join them, and then, uh, to everybody's utmost shock, uh, dead teen Jade sits up in her casket. Um. Great timing. Great, great timing. And to 
somebody's surprise, I guess, starts talking in Calliope's voice. Um, and proclaims that uh, she has uh, entered this body to protect this world. Interesting. A lot, lot of shit going on here. A lot of shit going on here. What could she possibly um, be protecting this world from? Right? Who knows? Who knows? So, uh, yeah. Uh, Aradi and Solox's return. Calliope's return. Um, Jane being racist again. Um, we got a, we, a, a, a lot... A lot happens in this one. Yeah. Um, Chapters in Candy have so much more shit crammed into them, is another thing. This is one chapter, and like four things happen. Um, I don't know. Got any any particular thoughts on on this chunk? Uh, Uh, It's just kind of chaos. It's nice to have Solox back. I missed Solix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I-, I like how um Solix appears to just be in the story just because he has nothing to do besides tag along with Aradia. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's still all he's doing. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh Calliope is back in the story. Um, that's so, so. We've gotten uh, a dead jade fall to the sky, uh, impaled by a shard of nothingness, and dead Calliope uh, is, is is possessing her. Um, Interesting. I don't know. That seems familiar. It's a little familiar. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's curious. Curious. Um. Also, I f- hmm. the the relationship between I, I don't know this is kind of uh, I don't know if it's, there's any point to speculating on this at this point, but like the uh, the existence of uh, Calliope possessing Jade in this timeline or like in in Candy not even time like in this epilogue also it has some it it makes it kind of weird for me to try to reconcile Meat and Candy in my head. Um, like, I guess, I guess the, I guess that the correct way to, is that the correct purpose is just like, um, this is just a, another version of, of Calliope. Like there's, the other thing is like not strictly happening. Like there's two Calliopes, but this is, the, the difficulty is that this is like the same Jade or this is, this is Jade's body from, that we saw in meat. Yeah. Um, and that's. Calliope, like, beckoned her into the black hole. Yeah, but Calliope is also possessing... Also possesses the the living jade in me. Um, and okay, okay, I don't... Okay, think of it. I don't know okay. if, like, these are things that, like, are happening in parallel, or if, like, me... Like, they're completely separate, but they don't... They, I don't... Like, they, they're not completely separate in okay. terms of things that okay. are happening. Okay. I'm confused, John. Help me. Okay. Consider the concept of the ultimate self. Okay. It it is a one single ultimate self distributed across every possibility of a, of, of a single person. Uh, if that is a thing, and 
Alt Calliope is like a, a an extremely powerful being and possesses one version of a character. Would would that not also mean that she could easily possess another version of a character because of the ultimate self? I guess if you put it that way, it makes sense. Um, she she she's not possessing two different jades. She's possessing jade as the, a concept. The concept. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 power scaling Calliope, dead Calliope in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Who is she soloing? Yeah, the yeah. Okay, I, I guess that that makes a bit more sense. It's still like you know kind of a we still have two stories kind of happening at the same time yeah that's true you know at the quote-unquote time um it's it's weird shit but yeah that 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 makes sense thanks um fucking yeah calliope's here too uh all right and that is the end of epilogue four um Damn, that's crazy. Pacing. That's crazy. I'll, I'll... Surely there will not be a massive time skip immediately. Epilogue 5, chapter 22. Um, It has been three years oh. since Epilogue 4. <laughs> Teresi messages John. Um, uh, we, are, we are yet again uh, introduced through the medium of Trezzy and John text conversation. Um, uh, and this one, uh, this one also is, uh, is split up across two little, uh, timelines. Um, so we learn that, uh, Roxy did indeed give birth to a, a, a little boy, uh, who is named Harry Anderson Egbert. Um, he is now, uh, believe it or not, about three years old. Uh, John is, let's see, and John is kind of in his, uh, weird, in a weird mopey mode, um, midlife ennui, as, as Terezi describes it. Um, he talked, yeah, so he tells her about, uh, his son, um, and, uh, his feelings of, uh, well, John does the John thing where, like, he just kind of passives at, at Therese a little bit. Yeah. Uh, she's, uh, he asks her how she's, where she's been. Uh, she says, lost. Um, and he's like, like, literally lost or metaphorically lost. And then he does the ellipses thing. Um, Therese is like, I'm, dude, I don't want to, whatever the shit, whatever the shit is you're doing right now, I don't want to do it. Um, and he's like, no, don't go. I'm actually fine. I swear. Please, just keep talking to me. Um, Trezzy, uh, is like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do whatever this is. Uh, I'll give you five minutes. Um, and then five minutes later, it's three weeks later. Or a couple of weeks later. Uh, so the, 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 the concept of the different timescales was like basically established, but I, I guess we're... We are enumerating it out explicitly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in the weeks since Terezia's last message, John, uh, John actually has something interesting to talk about, which is that 
troll ghosts are just raining from the sky on Earth Sea now. Um, that's just going on. Damn. <laughs> uh, shit's getting crazy on Earth Sea. <laughs> uh, yeah, this complicates the uh the tension in the political landscape as well. Uh, because a big, a constant stream of trolls falling out of the sky, uh, even if they're ghosts, uh, equates to a higher troll population, uh, which has the government, uh, on edge. Um, John, uh, let's see, uh, we learned that, uh, since storming off, uh, Karkat is now a resistance leader, um, yeah, uh, that's something. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, and also, troublingly, uh, Gamzee has begun, uh, preaching his word to the general population of, uh, of Earthsea. Um, and, he ha- and he's been redeeming people in this bizarre, uh, uncomfortably sexual, uh, mock baptism ritual. Uh, where he makes ghost couples kiss and then spritzes them with milk from a bottle he keeps in his cod peas. Awesome. <laughs> um, Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, and critically, as this conversation ends, uh, John makes a request of Terezi. Um, and what he asks of her is to send him a selfie. Kind of weird, dude. A little bit weird. A little bit weird. A little weird. Just, just, just a little bit. So, uh, we, uh, through John's eyes, we we witness one of these awkward Gamzy uh, baptisms, uh, where he redeems a a set of Fafarian Airden ghosts. <gasps> one of whom is a lot more into the ritual than the other. <laughs> Everyone's favorite troll is back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, shout out! Yeah. Shout out to the line. I'm a worm, Feth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lowest of the worst. <laughs> yeah, Air er- Erden shows up for a minute. As does a fairy too, I guess. Um, Fethry doesn't say any slurs this time. Uh, t- oh my god! She did I didn't it. Realize she did it. <laughs> this really is for fairy's redemption arc. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, Gamzy Gamzy makes them kiss. Uh Aridan is uh, you know, pretty into it. Um and uh Terezi sends John uh the selfie he requested. Um John uh before he can uh get too before he can study too closely, uh he's called away by his family. Um and that night, uh after everyone else goes to bed. Uh, he, in secret, goes, prints out Trezzy's selfie on his computer, folds up and puts it in his wallet, uh, where no one else may see. Um, he slips it in his wallet behind his son's baby photo. <laughs> uh, the, the concept of, like, printing out a selfie is, like, I don't even have words for it. It's, it's never a thing that I've, like, considered just someone doing <laughs> it's so like alien in, in in a world where if you really like somebody um whether it's reciprocated or not you can just make them like your phone background 
And that's, like, the accepted, uh, that's, like, an accepted signifier for either, like, being in a relationship or being a crazy stalker. Yeah. Um, like, and I, you know, I, I guess being a married man, he probably can't make that his phone background, but the, 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 uh, the parallel, uh, of John printing out a photo of Terezi and putting in his wallet and keeping it secret from everybody versus uh Terezi taking John's dead corpse and putting yeah. it in his wallet in his dad's wallet and not showing it to like hmm interesting uh, it, it, yeah it, that's a that's a parallel it's a, it's a, that's a very interesting parallel um and also uh evidence that John is just not fucking all right dude <laughs> <sighs> Poor guy. Yeah. Whatever the hell is going on. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. There's also another uh very important uh detail in here, oh. which is John's uh John first alluding to his plan to kidnap Tavros Crocker. Right. Right. Um. And. Perhaps a window into his motivations for doing it. Um, John uh, raises uh, the moral question of, you know, is it really kidnapping? Were I to kidnap uh, my fascist uh, clown fucker acquaintances, uh, poor traumatized child, and raise my own, would that be ethically wrong? Uh, because it's still technically kidnapping. Um and Terezi responds to this by teasing him and being like, damn, you're trying to flirt with me here? All this, uh, all, all this talk of crime? You're really getting me flustered here. Uh, John, this is just so, the, 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 the situation here of, like, John raising this is, like, a very, uh, uh, serious question of, like, hey, should I kidnap, do you think I should kidnap, uh, do you think I should kidnap uh, my friend's child? Um, and then Terezi, like, responding flirtatiously. And then John, like, taking it to heart. Like, it's fucked up, but, like, in a sense of, like, whatever is, whatever is going on in John's heart and mind is... <laughs> I think John probably just needs to go to therapy. You know what? I think you're right. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah. The the whole, uh, like... I, I think John becomes a very interesting protagonist um, throughout throughout this whole arc, uh, and especially the next chapter where it happened, or he makes his attempt. Um, but I think uh, John and Candy so far is really shaping up to be, like, more of an anti-hero, or, like, he's tortured for very real reasons that are understandable um yeah and uh i don't actually don't i don't know if andy here was the correct term but like he's he's very much like not a hero um in this book and he's really fucked up in this book <laughs> and i and i find that as a study i find that as a study uh to be like i i i'm i enjoy just getting to watch that and not having like a a a, a story go or like a something going on that he's involved with that is 
taking him away from it. I think it's this is a fun. Well, fun is maybe not the word for it, but it's a, it's a, it's 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 the the, the slow burn of like John falling apart is like really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, I should have saved that whole spiel for after chapter twenty three. Um. Oh, the big one. <laughs> in which, okay. Two years have passed. So, two more years. Uh, how we're on like what, like five and a half years now, or something, since our last reading. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. Our characters are getting old. Um, but uh, okay. So, uh, it is about to be uh Harry's fifth birthday. Um, and. The Crockers have agreed to hold it at the Crocker estate. Um, John normally is not all about, would not be all about this, but his plans require it. He's got to be there. Um, so as uh, John prepares, he kind of reflects on his life again. We get another one of these sections where uh, John considers how everything here is like, he's got, the quote-unquote uh, perfect life. Um, he's got a wife, he's got a child um, who he loves, um, and it's very clear that like he does genuinely love his family, um, but he can't shake uh, this whole feeling that like everything is just fucking wrong around him. Um, a, a major part of that being that Jake and Jane Crocker are for some reason allowed to raise a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Uh, it starts talking about it um, in terms of, like, what's real, uh, which I think is, it, it definitely has, like, a, a double meaning between, like, the, what's actually canon mm-hmm. as part of the story, um, and, you know, uh, real as in an authentic life, um, like, is, is, is my life as it's represented, like, really who I am and what I want, um, and he, he and he anchors himself feeling that like his friendship with Dave and Jade and Rose, um, and his whatever he's doing, whatever is going on with Terezi, like that's real. Like those are people like that's something that's real to him. Um and he hopes that uh today he can at least prove that his wife is 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 real to him on somehow. Um Yeah, uh the the John is about to do something probably stupid and is not even doing a good job of rationalizing it away. Um, the the whole like the 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 him not having brought this up with Roxy, uh, I think is the strongest indictment of where he is mentally. Yeah. Even though I think he's like in a very sympathetic place. It's you know. Um, so yeah, uh, he also decides, before leaving, uh, he decides, um, I, for some reason, uh, but it's, it's very, it's, it, 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 it's very there, um, is, uh, Harry Anderson, uh, catches him snooping around, and he decides, um, he's, he's never gonna let, he's never gonna keep a secret from his son, um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I find that to be an interesting detail because I don't really... I didn't see another... Like, nothing else really in this reading really called me back to that, so this is kind of, kind of like a, a solitary 
moment that I find intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he promises Harry Anderson that we're getting a new addition to the family today. So they go to the party. Um, they agree. To, so they agree to the door by a poor little baby Tavros. Um, Jane's first appearance in this scene is, uh, we hear from upstairs her screaming at Jake. Uh, this is after Tavros informs the group that, uh, his parents are in auspice this counseling. Uh, but we, we get to hear, uh, Jane screaming at Jake about how his dick doesn't work. Um, so that's a great, Damn. uh... That's a, that's a, that's a great first appearance uh, at your at your friend's child's fifth birthday party. Um, Jane's doing just great. Uh, Jane and Jake are just do, doing just great. Um, Jane's f- second act uh, in this chapter is to uh, ask if uh, little Harry Anderson wants his birthday present, which is definitely an imperial drone. <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> uh uh john so she says hey why don't we get harry Anderson's presents in the backyard john immediately um assumes the worst and it sniffs out like hey do you get my son a fucking imperial drone do you get my did you get my son a robotic ss officer um and jane immediately gets very defensive and it's like why yes yes Yes, uh, we, we learned that Jane did, in fact, get Harry Anderson an Imperial drone for his birthday. So, that's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah, I think we're past Jane just being a complete piece of shit. It's just like a comical addition to the pile. Um, what the fuck, dude? Uh, John uh, remembers his mission, um, doubles down, is like, you know what, whatever, well, let's move on. Um, he, uh... Asks to, uh, he asked to see, uh, some of Jake's, uh, memorabilia rooms, um, such as, uh, Rumble and the Pumpkin Patch, uh, for instance, uh, and insists that, uh, little, little baby Tavros will be the one to show him around the house, uh, you know, just get some quality, uh, quality time in, you know, learn about his, learn about, uh, his dad's glory days. Um, Harrius almost learns what incest means. Uh, Damn. let's see. Yeah, John uh takes Tavros away. Um, to uh takes ta- takes Tavros uh away from the from the crowd. Um, and uh he asks to let's let's go to your room. Um, where he can start putting his plan into place. So, uh, John notes in Tavros's room um the presence of uh several Gamzee related details. Uh, the clown bedsheets, for instance, um, and, uh, a, a little Fago drop on the, on the floor that, uh, does not escape his eye. Um, John immediately assumes the worst, uh, and is maybe met with, uh, worse when Tavros tells him, no, it's not like that, uh, but he is tutoring me, uh, Uncle Gamzee is tutoring me in, a. Matters of combat, philosophy, life, and love. Um, all things that I would uh, not like. Uh, just wow. Okay. Um, 
John, upon learning this, is uh, his uh, intent to seal this child away uh, and give him a new life is is renewed. Um, and just as he is about to, uh, just, just as he gets the window open uh, uh, without sounding the alarm and prepares to take off, um, Jade appears Uh-oh. to, yeah, to dissuade John. So, Jade, uh, Jade is, um, not gonna, not gonna stand by this. Um, she understands that things are fucked up, uh, in the Crocker household, but she just can't put herself in this position, um, and she would like to find another way to deal with, to deal with the situation. Um, John is insistent on things going his way. Um, it, you know, I'm not even going to say that John is wrong. I think that John is probably correct that if he abducted Tavros and him and Roxy raised Tavros, he would probably have a better life than with Jane and Jake. Yeah. Uh, but he should understand at this point that Jade is confronting him at the scene of the crime and is trying to talk him down from it. Uh, probably the last thing he should be doing here is doubling down. And yeah. the last, and he doubles down. Um, this leads to Jane show. Well, before Jane shows up, uh, John takes it a bit too far. Uh, and, and accuses Jade's uh, hesitance to let him kidnap Tavros. Um, he attributes that to her same uh, personal fault that uh, caused Carcat to leave um, and accuses her of uh, ruining that whole relationship. Um, which is a... Uh, it's kind of fucked uh, up. Kind of fucked up thing to bring up. <laughs> it, 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 being this this is a life lesson uh that everyone has to learn at some point i think and that is that being technically correct is not a substitute for uh tact yeah on uh, handling a situation um cuz he does not win over jade to her side um and as this whole shouting match escalates uh jane appears and jane is not thrilled uh with John's plan to abduct her son. Um, to which John uh, decides, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Fuck it. Um, John, uh, in front of all of the party guests, uh, steps to Jane, uh, calls her out for the Nazi shit that she's doing with the trolls, um, calls her out on uh, pushing, her, pushing herself on Jake just in the wake of Dirk's death. Um, and, you know, spits some fucking facts and is shouted down because he is not in the, not in the right socially. And Jane just kind of fucking talks him out of there. Um, and it is, it is brutal to read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the parting word from Jane, uh, being like, John is, John is, like, cracked and is kind of just, you know, John is having a meltdown, and as he, as it begins to peter out, uh, he tries to apologize, and Jane just cuts him off, so no one wants to hear it, John. Um, it's, it's fucking brutal. Uh, 
and uh, he he flees to the sky um, and uh, messages to Resi. Damn. Okay. Oh, uh, what a what a tense series of events. Yeah, yeah. Um, notable detail, uh, connecting with what I was saying last time, uh, as, uh, as John opens the window right before Jade shows up, uh, this is page 170, uh, in the book, um, he, uh, this is, I'll just read this, uh, fresh summer air rushes in and fills John's lungs. His head swims with the giddy high feeling of being on the verge of getting away with some shit. Wow, is this why people commit crimes? It feels so good. He can't wait to tell Terezi that he's done something so bold and illegal. He starts laughing louder. Tavros is laughing too, quiet and cautious at first, but picking up steam as he begins to taste the sort of freedom that he has never allowed himself to imagine. The, like, bring Terezi into it. Um, like, a, like, uh, really, again, I think raises John's motivation for doing this and how much it's split between want to do the right thing by Tavros, uh, or just him wanting to do something, um, to, something to break out of the monotony, and, you know, maybe that something, uh, it would be something that would impress Terezi. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's doing so hot. Um, especially, and especially not after, uh, the way this, uh, after Jane barges in and, uh, well, barges the way that Jane enters the scene and uh, basically crushes him out of it. Um. Yeah, I don't know what to fucking say. Poor John. <laughs> poor John. Poor John. Uh, poor Tavros. Poor Jade. Uh, poor Dave. Poor Carcat. Poor Jake. Um, poor Harry Anderson. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's that. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, uh, there's, it's, um, the, the other thing, uh, so, uh, the, we, we've, we've begun twice with, uh, a conversation between Terezi and John, um, and a, uh, w- which includes a bit of, like, you know, John's, in- uh, increasing, well, like desire to to lash out or like break out of the the life this life that he doesn't that is not fulfilling to him. Yeah. Um. And we also we ended uh, epilogue four um, with Carcat leaving. Uh. Or oh, short. Yeah. Carcat. Uh. Storming out. Um. And uh, we also we end this one with uh, John storming out. So. It's like poetry, it rhymes, whatever. Um, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot going not, on. Not ends with, but uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot going on indeed. Um, Chapter 24. Uh, More Aradia. interacting again. More Aradia. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is another kind of weirdly structured chapter. Um, nor, like I was saying with, uh, with Candy, like this is, it's 
generally like you know we're kind of getting a straight through account of events um but this chapter is interesting in that it hops between a conversation between uh trezzy and john and uh calliope aradia and solix all hanging out yeah um yeah so aradia solix uh calliope um they have i guess taken up camp in the media facility um which I remind you that's still around. Uh, and uh, they are just kind of chilling out, waiting for something uh, interesting to happen. I I, um, li- I I like that there's a reminder of, like, the purpose of Earthsea. Yeah, needed it for sure. Yeah, because a lot of people seem to forget that, like, Earthsea needs to become, like, a barren planet at some point with no life so that Calliope and uh, Caliborn can grow up on it. Uh, it's it's surprising to me that so many people forget that, like, all the time. In defense of that, um, it's, like, this is, like, the only time it's brought up after it's first intro- that is first introduced as a concept. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the, I think describing it as like giving it its own name is like Earth Sea, I think also contributes that a lot. Um, I'm running defense for myself because I forgot about it until I did this reading again. Um, the <laughs> yeah, naming it uh the name Earth Sea uh as like something separate, even though it is just the Earth that Jade brought with her. Yeah. Um, does a lot to set it apart in one's mind. Uh, and also just this being the time that's brought up, so... Yeah. My defense of being stupid. Um, the conversation between Terezi and John. Uh... Terezi, uh... Terezi, for once, has, has, has reached out to John. Um, and... Uh... She wants him to know that she is dying. Um... She's... She doesn't think she has much time left. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how, I don't even know how to sum this up. Uh, John begs Terezi to come back, um, since, you know, she's dying. Yeah. Uh, you come back to RC, uh, and, you know, that, uh, but then... From what there from uh what from there um, Terezi feels like she doesn't have a home um and she wants to. I Terezi seems to want to spend the rest of her days looking for Riska still. Um, tragic. Yeah. Uh, John does. John tries to talk her down. Um, and say you know wouldn't like is it even worth it at this point? If Riska would uh he he asks if Riska uh wouldn't give you the like at least give you the courtesy of closure, then is it even worth looking for her still? And Terezi just kind of uh, laughs at him and, sa- and says, like, that's not what, Ter- that's not what Riska's like. Like, I know Riska better than you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Terezi goes on to... Um, she kind of professes that she feels a similar way to John, that she feels like... Uh, hollow in a in a way that um other people aren't like there's something that uh she that uh 
fulfills other people that is absent in her. Um, and John is like, hey, I feel the same way. This is what we need each other for, right? We need to uh, fill each other's holes, uh, as it were. Um, basically, is just coming out and saying, like, Terezi, don't you think we need each other? Um, it's, Damn. It's, it's some shit to say. Um, yeah. Uh, and Terezi does not just does, does not open to this idea. Um, she uh doesn't think she, there's there's no way that she can go that she can call home, and so she would rather just die out here. And uh, before uh signing off, um, she says uh, uh, John, all I wanted to give, all I wanted to do was like as you, like you said, was to give you the courtesy of closure. Yeah, fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Painful. Um, the 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 parent like the way that this, I love that the way that all every element of the John and Terezi thing is like, is incorporated into both versions of it. Yeah, um, in both meat and candy. Um, the like. The, um, Terezi choosing to, to just stay out there and die, um, is, is, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. it I, I, I just really like how it works. I, I love the, um, how it's just this uniquely fucked up dynamic in, in both situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the elements of it are flipped, but it's not a com- it's very, it's a very, like, well-done, uh, series of parallels, I think. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, and it's really fucked up and sad, uh, to remember that, like, this conversation is happening, like, just as everybody else in John, everybody in, in John's life on, on Earthsea is, like, he is he's he's just completely scorched earth his his social life yeah um and now Terezi is like hey i'm dying and uh i just wanted to let you know that cuz i respect you enough so yeah that's uh that's where that's where John and Terezi are at um as this is happening uh we we get some more uh mysterious dialogue between uh Calliope, uh, and her companions. Um, but we, we learn that, uh, let's see. Calliope, uh, she's here to deal with the prince. Um, and that is, that is, that is what her work concerns. And she considers, uh, she considers the inhabitants of the candy timeline to be the lucky ones, which I think is interesting. Um, just on the basis of uh, everyone in Candy seems to be fucking completely miserable on every level. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that you could either read that as uh, foreboding for what is coming after, like after meat, um, Calliope's uh, kind of incompatibility or like inability to to see that maybe the people in this timeline are not as good off as they might appear at first glance, um, or both. Um, and it seems like it could easily be both. Uh, I think it's pretty 
pretty cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, what is the what is the purpose of putting these in the same chapter? Is it just so that, uh, like, is, is, is are Varadia and Solox and Calliope just commenting on this um, t- for us as readers to think of, it, of the John and Terezi thing between timelines? Uh, like, is that the point of it? Well, well, it starts out with Calliope saying the timelines are interacting again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's supposed to, like, definitively say that like John and Terezi are like two separate timelines and that they're communicating from each of those timelines. Mm-hmm. Like this Terezi is the Terezi that will later meet, meet John and have mm-hmm. sex with meet John in the back of the car. Like, yeah, it, it's it, there's only one Terezi while there are, are two of like everyone else uh-huh. I gotta go back and uh, reread that whole interaction now knowing that uh, Terezi has been talking to a John yeah Th- there were there were some like references to candy when when Terezi and John met in meet because like uh-huh. there was the part where Terezi said that she thought he'd be older uh, there was the the fact that Terezi said she didn't think that anything would work out between John and Roxy. Uh, stuff like that. It was like minor yeah. stuff that's like very easy to miss and pass off as just Terezi saying things. Uh-huh. Very clever writing uh, between the two. Because I'm noticing there's like a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in Candy uh, that like, I look at and I nod. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that could really easily just be a, an offhand remark uh, had I not read meat before. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor this John. Yeah, poor this John. <sighs> All right. Um, moving on to chapter 25. Uh, we get to see a bit of where Carcat's at uh, at his stage in life. So, Karkat, uh, as we may recall, is a resistance leader at this point. Um, he's an under- underground rebel. Um, and we we get to see him uh, literally underground uh, in the uh, birthing tunnels. Uh, previously, or in the tunnels previously used to house the Mother Grub and uh, facilitate all that shit. Um... Thankfully, uh, either Kanaya was doing deliberate misinformation or she's just not very good at doing maps. Um, so all the information that was supplied to the human government uh, is faulty, and these are a safe place to hang out, I guess. Um, so we're in Karkat's, uh, I guess, office in the tunnels, um, and uh, we join in on him uh, going off on a poor Swiffer. Um so, uh, not really going off on her so much as himself. Yeah. Um, Karkat, uh, has a lot of misgivings about his own position as leader, uh, which, gee, where have I heard that before? Um, he's torn up, uh, that one of his lieutenants has been captured and is now on a epic, uh, epic reality show about, uh, 
not about competing to not die. Um, doing the Charleston with notable social figureheads, stars versus enemies of the state with your host, Jake English. Um, he's upset that he couldn't keep his lieutenant safe, uh, and is considering, you know, if I can't even keep, uh, poor, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clipper Borden. If I can't keep poor Clipper Borden safe, uh, how can I possibly, uh, do any good for the rest of my, my species, my people? Um... He, uh, after, after, uh, learning of a foundational cleaning error, uh, in Swiffer's, uh, routine, uh, he storms off, uh, and is called by Kanaya. Uh, Kanaya urges him to consider, uh, that everyone, his, 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 his people have signed up for it. Um, poor, poor Clipper, he knew what he was getting into. Um, and... Whether or not you like it, this is where you are now. This is the reality situation. Uh, you're our leader, and you got to deal with it. Um. So yeah, that's a, I guess, an interesting. There, there you go. There's our candy theme. You know, uh, might taste good, but too much, but it makes you sick. Um. So yeah. Uh, after this conversation between Kai and Carcat, um. Carcat, uh, hears a crash landing, uh, above ground. He goes above ground to see what's going on. And today's ghost that has landed is, in fact, not a ghost at all, and it is, in fact, Nina. Holy shit. What's she doing there? What, what, what is she doing here with the Ring of Life? That's interesting. Um... And I, I guess to answer that question, most of what she does here is uh, jab at Carcat and then immediately join his army. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I gotta say, uh, uh, I like Punished Carcat a lot. Um, it's... <laughs> It's really funny that you make that joke because, like, there's pretty much it's pretty much like confirmed that like Candy Carcat is based on Snake, Big Boss. I, I I've seen uh what I've seen what Carcat looks like in a uh, HS two. Yeah, and so it it was it was uh, it was more than a lucky guess. We'll say I guess. <laughs> uh, considering psycholonials and like the handful of posts from what Pumpkin people that were being posted at the same time. Uh, I think everyone over at What Pumpkin just got into Metal Gear together <laughs> and just really enjoyed it, obviously. Uh, because it's good. It's good. It's a good thing to we, reference. I love Punished Car Cat. <laughs> we, we should talk about how good Metal Gear is at some point. We should. Maybe one day. <laughs> one day, one day. Yeah, um... <laughs> Maybe it's a maybe I'm a sucker for things I recognize, but I I like Carcat back in the um, the leader the begrudging leadership role. Yeah. Um, Carcat shines here, and I you love to see it. Um, and I think this is also I I like the conversation between him and Kanaya a lot because like I think. Uh, there's, there, there wasn't like, 
for for all the urgency of shit happening in Homestuck, there wasn't a ton of this kind of thing where like, uh, one character pulls another character over and is like, "Hey, you got to get your shit together," because you know, we got some things on our plate. Yeah. Um. And I think that uh, like, the Kanaya Carcat relationship is a good venue or avenue for that. Um, just in you know, Kanaya being the one to uh reassure Carcat. Um, it is good. It is good. Uh, and I, I guess on the other side of that, like, this is also, like, what Kanaya is good at. Like, this is, this is a really good use of Kanaya. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. It's a, it's a really good character conversation. Um, even, uh, what are we, uh, five years out from, um, yeah, five years out from, uh, I literally just completely blanked on what I was going to finish the sentence with. <laughs> we're we're five years after the start of the uh, after where we started, and we yeah. see this. Um, we still have like a these dynamics for Karkan and I. I I I like it, and I, I like seeing it in like a when they're more kind of more mature. Um, the Mina thing. Uh, we saw her in meat. Uh, we saw how she got the ring. Um, we sure did. And she's here now. I, I, I guess Mina is here now to, uh, insert herself into the Troll Rebellion for some reason. Um, I suppose that will remain to be seen. Because I have no fucking clue what's happening. Uh, Okay. Uh, chapter 26, the last chapter of Epilogue 5. Um, John, uh, is, he- John hesitates, uh, in the middle of, uh, texting Terezi. Um, he is about to send something to her, uh, but the thought gives him pause of, like, you know, why am I so, why am I always so, uh, meticulous about this, uh, and not any of the other minor deals of my life? Um... And, uh, he, to himself, uh, thinks, you know, um, maybe she's just somebody else out there who, uh, is holding on to this string of relevance, you know? Not somebody like him who's settled down with a wife and a kid. Um. Damn. There's a second layer to this, which is what he, uh, okay, try to parse the, the way this is written, uh, in my notes. They're incredibly poorly handwritten. Um, the second layer of, like, what he, his own impression of what's going on, uh, it says he thinks he thinks, um, or he thinks he just keeps texting Terezi because she's the only one who knows, who he knows who isn't here. Um, the truth is, he thinks. Uh, I find it interesting that attention is being called to, like, that, like, we're getting uh, attention on, like, what John's internal excuse is. Yeah. What his internal rationalization is, but not whatever the reality is of why he's talking to her. Yeah. Which I think is pretty clear that's because he is more in love with Therese than he is with his wife. But I think that it's interesting that the uh, that it's presented in such a way. Yeah. Um, and it makes it a bitch to parse in terms of just being English. 
Um, so yeah, uh, he kind of just hangs out. He, he, he holds that thought for a while and he just kind of drifts around, um, until he catches something falling out of the sky. And what that thing turns out to be is his dad's car. And he finds the wreckage of his dad's car and he finds, uh, the aftermath of meet John and Terezi's escapades in the backseat, uh, big blood stain, some, uh, and he finds a, a stain of Terezi's blood, uh, damn yeah uh and uh he uh he just can't fucking take it anymore he just screams at the sky this could not be good for his mental health <laughs> this is terrible for the economy yeah the the layers to this um <laughs> i don't is there anything is there any possibly more tragic element to this than uh john having been john finding the evidence of him being cucked by his younger self (laughs) he has no idea (laughs) like 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 uh, how 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 much worse could this get for him than this like okay it no okay uh, John reels back, nausea striking him in the pit of his stomach. What kind of twisted coincidence is this? Why is he finding this now? If Terezi was here, why? Who was she bleeding with in the back of his father's car? Like, he picks up on what's going on. Like, he he takes note of that detail. Yeah. And, like, not only not only is she dead, but she was in the back of his dad's car with somebody. And just, <sighs> he's way too old to be torn up about that. And the, it's just fucked. It's, it is something that he has no right to discover, uh, no right to be that upset about, but is, has completely legitimate reasons in like being that upset. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't have been like, he shouldn't have been in this point in his life where this affects him, but he is. And it is just fucking tragic. I feel so bad for him. Yeah. And the, the the takeaway line uh, is um, all he's ever wanted is to be fucking real. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> this is fucking tough. I <laughs> poor fucking John. Oh my god. You hate to see um, it. Yeah. Where, where's the, um, where's, there's, the, 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 uh, the, the, I'm trying to find where it is that it, uh, describes this, um, specifically, uh, the bit about, um, how it's, it's not that Terezi was, did never come back, is that she was never going to come back, that it was never on the table, um, which is also part of the dramatic irony of it in that she does end up coming back, uh, but neither of them get to enjoy each other's companionship after that on either side. Yeah. Very fucking well done, well set up and well executed, uh, double sided dramatic irony. Agree. Um, Agree. I think this book might be good. I'm not sure. You think so? 
Maybe. I'm not sure. Who knows? We still got we still got some some left. It could it could soil it. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh epilogue six. Uh it's a short one. Um ten years. Ten year time scale. That's so much time. Yeah. Um so uh, a fitting amount of time, um, being that the our new generation uh, cast uh, is now themselves uh, just about at that age where we first started following our main heroes. Um, and fittingly, uh, this chapter opens up uh, with a clandestine meeting between uh, young Vriska and young Harry Anderson. Um, they are, uh, involved romantically, it appears. Um, they are meeting, they're meeting up in secret, uh, at the, where is it? Um, in the trollish slums, as described as our setting. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Vriska is, uh, I don't even know, like, we haven't had to introduce new, like, and talk about new characters in so long. I don't know, like... <laughs> Vriska seems to be like a, a teenage Vriska. Um, yeah. I don't know. Harry Anderson just kind of seems to be like a, a little baby John. Um, yeah, they're 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 here briefly. I mean, I mean, um, the, these characters are the the they would be fifteen, so they would yeah. be like older than like John and Vriska were when we first met them. Uh-huh. I have a little baby John in the in the scope of like John who is in his thirties and is like yeah. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so uh Vriska and Harry uh seem to have like a, a cute little thing going. Um the Harry is still living under the tyranny of uh Jane and Gamzee. Um and uh Vriska wants them to just to, to run away and have a, a whirlwind uh romance uh as they serve the rebellion uh just like Mina and Karkat did um and uh that's and uh they there's a they have a cute little moment um and uh it it it, it cuts us off to to go to what's going on elsewhere um this uh <laughs> 27 is a is a very oddly broken up chapter so i guess like before we go to the um the the wedding yeah uh yep. and harry any any thoughts on our our first new speed or our our new generation uh as they as they are the age to be that i like them i think they're good i don't i don't think there's much else to say yeah. Um. <laughs> Vriska is it's it's not the same Vriska, but it's it's really weird to have Vriska back in the game, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, the Harry uh makes note, uh, or Harry talks about how uh Gamzy uh is aware of his relationship with Riska, um, and encourages it, uh, but more importantly, em- encourages the importance of being politically neutral. God. Um. <laughs> That's just funny. Uh, 
the <laughs> I, I I feel like it's unnecessary. It's it's like a very um it's like so uh it is like almost unnecessary how obvious it is, but like the the, the comedy of um like a Gamzee uh who is fucking Jane and uh t- telling the the heir to this fascist empire like just gotta remain politically neutral um very very funny so much it's yeah um yeah uh let's see so we get that little bit with uh harry and Vriska. um we see uh all these years later uh aradia solix and uh dead calliope appear to have not moved um, or done anything uh, from their vantage point. They're still in the meteor, um, still just watching. Uh, talking about how, uh, yeah, I guess the war is going to start. It's going to be crazy. Um, Calliope uh, talks about how, like... Calliope has, has a, a, a take, I guess, on whatever's going on. Yeah. Um, and Salt kind of bemoan that Karkat is getting to have his big hero leadership arc. Um, and it's in a in a world that doesn't matter. Uh, to which Calliope says, "You know, I said it doesn't matter, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter to those within it. Um, this we can consider this. Uh, we can consider the candy epilogue." Uh, its own little bubble, uh, where all these characters, uh, have their own real stakes that matter, uh, within this context. Um, so they just keep watching. Uh, months go by in a paragraph, um, and we are, we are scooted right on to Dave and Jade's wedding. Um, ten years later. Okay, I, I... You know, I guess uh, they've decided to to forget about Carcat. Finally, poor Carcat, poor Dave, poor honestly, poor Jade too. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so we have this. We're 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 filled on the setting. Um, interesting detail of note. Uh, is John being like. D- d- weird about um ta- about uh Harry talking to Vriska. Yeah. Um yeah, uh John is like uh, our first <sighs> 10 years have passed and like the first we hear about um like one of the first we hear about John is that like he's getting weird about uh Vriska talking to his son. Um, <laughs> he's jealous of her. He's jealous that she has more contact with him than he does anymore. Damn. Um, so much to unpack. So much to unpack there, uh, with that being specifically Vriska. Um, yeah. Uh, Jane and Dave's wedding. Um, Jane and Dave's, uh, wedding is occurring, uh, under... Guys, but being a, a reunion party for one of Jake's shitty shows, um, and John is the best man, uh, and so he is just kind of here, trying to hold it together, being depressed. 
Um, so he's uh, off on the balcony, uh, trying to uh, trying to you know disconnect and uh, has time to himself when he is suddenly joined by a surprise visitor who is none other than none other than Carcat. Uh, Carcat uh, kind of sneaks in, um, and uh, they they have, they have a conversation. Um, I think it's 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 a cute detail that Carcat's first line here is "Hi again, idiot." Um, which, if we'll recall, is yeah. the first thing that Carcat ever says in Homestuck. So that's a a, a cute callback. Um, Carcat, uh, he Carcat is there uh, covertly. He's 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 not uh, a a proper guest. Um, and he's only here to talk to John, or he only ends up talking to John. Uh, it is, he, Karkat propositions John, says, hey, we could really use somebody like you in the movement. Um, John is like, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Um, and really what we get from this conversation is that Karkat is still torn up about, uh, Dave and John is still torn up about, uh, everything. Um, that the point where he just he he's refusing to he refuses to join the resistance because he doesn't think that he can be trusted uh with stakes like that in his current condition which is you know 10 years out from everything like 10 years out from uh splitting up with his family and Terezi's uh finding ter- the car and not talking to Terezi anymore like <laughs> yeah. John's having a tough time of it John's fucked um yeah. Uh, Dave approaches and Carcat gets the fuck out of there. <sighs> Tragic. Um, Dave Cat will never be healed. Yeah. And tragically, one of the first things that uh, that Dave says to John is, "Man, I wish Carcat was here. That would be cool." Pain. If only you know. Yeah. Um. And, uh, it's, yeah, uh, the, the, the line here from Dave that I think is, uh, that is what we're taking away here, or, like, what John takes away here, I think, is, um, John asks him, uh, you know, you still, you're, you're still not over the whole car cat thing, and Dave says, basically, uh, what's the fucking point? Um, uh, it might, it's the, not the kind of thing you ever really get over, but, um, life goes on uh and what's the point of looking back on things yeah um and this this uh causes john to immediately think of uh tracy's picture still in his wallet um and uh once dave as as dave leaves um john uh takes this opportunity 10 years since uh but he takes tracy's photo out of his wallet and he rips it up and he uh let's go damn um, whatever happened uh, in the last line of the chapter is uh, whatever else happens now, it doesn't matter. So yeah, um, I I I hope that what that means is that this I hope that I hope that what that signifies is John moving on and uh, being being ready for whatever comes next because I I don't want to see John still. <laughs> 
fucked up about this ten years later. They're gonna do, like, a 20-year time skip. John's gonna be, like, almost 60, like, still fucked up over Terezi. He's sending messages to Terezi's number at this point without getting any- knowing that he'll never respond. He's just that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. The... <laughs> The, uh, our, lest, lest we forget, our characters are almost four, or like nearly forty. Yeah. In this scene, it, it calls attention to Dave is still walking around with the Ben Stiller glasses, uh, as a, as a grown ass, fully grown ass man. Um. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I respect Dave for. I think Dave. Uh, we could learn a lot from Dave for like choosing a personality trait when he was thirteen and sticking with it. Yeah. Big respect. The, the big commitment to the bit. Okay. Uh, and our final chapter uh, for the day. Um, John is surveying uh, the outskirts of the human capital. Um, he watching the war kick off. Uh, and as he uh, as he watches this and he reflects on uh, the political ramifications of the situation um Vriska crashes out of the sky my god and not not just any Vriska the specific Vriska for me still demanding to see what happened this will be great for the economy <laughs> this will be Vriska stocks way up way way up um <laughs> I remember when we read that chunk of meat, I said, like, risk. I, I like that Risk is just out of the story, and oh, I, I guess I was <laughs> fucking wrong again. <laughs> he has no idea. He has no idea. Uh, and that is, yeah, that is the final, that is the final chapter of, uh, of our, of our reading. That's all, it's, 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 like, two pages, there's not much to describe. Um, yeah, fr- fresh from the scene of, uh, Lord English's defeat. Here's Vriska back uh, to complicate things in the last couple pages of Candy, I guess. Looking back yeah. on how I how I divvied up the readings, I probably I probably should have like looked into the actual content of the readings for Candy. <laughs> this was so much. I, I... <sighs> like it's I, fine. It's I, fine. I, I've been cutting them up based on like the website. I did. I, I wasn't considering like how many physical pages there there were for you to like get through uh it wasn't i think that the issue the 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 difficulties with this one all came in how it's written yeah uh more so than like the actual page volume uh because we had like 100 page we had like a 100 page reading for me and it wasn't really that big of a deal um candy is just really awkward to talk about i think because of the way that it's formatted um like we had we went through how many we went through like three time skips in that reading yeah um, and, like, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, the, the narrative is, like, fractured up, um, a lot of it, more of it is conveyed through, uh, like, these really long conversations with a ton of characters. Yeah. Um, it's more drama-focused, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah. Um... <sighs> How you feeling? I, I feel like uh, all of the, th- this negativity is really kind of betraying how much I love this reading. Um, 
it, it, hard hard time as it may have been, uh, I felt like it was very effective um, with uh, it, the, the the contrast between how events play out in Candy and how they play out in Meat. I think is very very effective, uh, especially reading Candy second, where this is like oh everything is going horrifically wrong for all these characters and their relationships. Yeah. Um, even like candy or meat, not like the, not the biggest collection of a uh, healthy relationships being showcased, but this is the uh, candy is just like, uh, very human, very possible. Um, people's relationships just not working out and everything just getting fucked. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the political commentary is like, you know, not the, obviously not like the deepest thing, but I think like we were talking about, um, I think it is like very true to life in many ways. Um, I think a lot of us have known kind of a, a candy Roxy character, uh, yeah. who is, does not, does not see, uh, where some of the divides may be. Yeah. Um, I, 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 maybe, yeah. It's it's not, not really. it's not the deepest commentary because I don't think it's really I don't think the epilogues are interested in the commentary itself. Uh because yeah. Homestuck's about growing up. And you know, after a certain amount of time of growing up, you you're gonna be an adult. And I feel like the epilogues are like an extension of that Homestuck's about growing up growing up theme. Like, uh-huh. the meat and candy, to me, feel like two different sides of how, like, hard growing up and being an adult can be for people. Uh, and candy seems a lot more focused on the how how friendships can, like, really be torn apart. Not even just, like, friendships being torn apart, but, like, how, uh, like... Well, uh, the, the, like, the, the, this, the way that we perceive adulthood, like, particularly, like, as kids, but, like, in the, just in the way we talk about, you know, how your life is divided up, like, uh, the, the notion that, like, once you turn, like, 20-something, um, and you settle down, uh, th- that also is its own thing that can go very wrong. Um, yeah. That you, that still asks a lot of people um and demand like that demands a lot of people and affects them a lot yeah uh and, and, and like a lot of meat is like i think hardship like reflected through like people growing through hardship or like people how people are affected by um external forces and then candy is like you know we've all rushed into adult life too fast and we don't know what we're doing and so we're all going to pretend that everything is fine yeah yeah, um, it it's really good. It's really really good. Um, the <laughs> I I don't know. I'm like I'm like just blown away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I like the, how it uh was oh I was gonna say I I had I had I had a career I had a career I, oh my I had a career thought okay. As to what you were saying about, like, 
it's interesting the commentary. I think that, I don't think it's entirely true. I think that it is to some degree interested in like uh it, it's very interested in uh making parallels to politics in ways that like uh not in like not specific to us but like yeah it it it, it makes it clear to people like you and I that like it, it understands that it was written in this it's a it's a it's contemporary political fiction. Yeah. Um, even though it's got all the serial numbers filed out, filed off. Um, but I think that the the angle that uh uh even it's it's it has interest in the commentary, but I, it is secondary to um how how politics like affects uh us in our daily lives. Yeah. Um, it, the way that uh politics comes up in in Candy. Um, is a lot more. Uh, it 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 comes up in the ways that uh we have to uh consider politics in in our daily lives and like the way that it kind of uh can slip into the background. Um, if it's not what you're paying attention to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the. I I think that more than anything, what it wants to uh be is like relatable uh like I, I feel like we're really supposed to resonate with john uh in being like the the world around us uh is fucking falling apart and none no none of the other grown-ups around us want to acknowledge that it's falling apart um and they're just uh and, and we're just getting hammered with all this stuff about how you know you don't want to rock the boat uh, like stuff from Roxy about you know don't, don't want to be too outspoken because you the social implications of it. Um, we have the stuff going on in the background with the uh, like uh troll. Uh, there was a detail I forgot to mention where uh when we see Gamzy uh baptizing Erdin Fafari, like it's mentioned that uh like Crocker ships like fly in the sky now and cast a shadow over Earth Sea. Um, and it's becoming more and more like Alternia every day. Um. The, uh, it, it, the po- the politics is a backdrop, uh, to life as a young adult yeah. and growing up. Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember if I did, I don't even remember if I had a point I was going somewhere with that, but I, I like, I like it. It's, it's good. It's effective. Um, I don't know. Epilogue's uh, good? Epilogue's good? Epilogue's are good. What? <laughs> we'll talk about this more uh next time because we are at like two and a half hours of content yeah yeah um, we, did, we should probably start cutting it off right now yeah yeah i want to talk about how the epilogues are actually great but we can save that for the, our epilogues retrospective and after i finish reading them because you know the last chapters of candy could torch it all for me you never know you never know um and on that note um are we just finishing candy next time yep that's that's all we're doing. It's it's what seven, eight, and the postscript. Great. All right. Funny that they both have eight uh, epilogues. Interesting. Um. All right. In light of that, uh, would you like to take this one to the close? Sure. All right. Well, in that case, uh, you have been listening to a Homestuck podcast. I'm Aiden. And I'm John. John, would you like to thank our patrons? Would love to. Shout out to the Big Eleven. 
the 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 number keeps getting higher between episodes and it's scary. Oh my god. Me. Uh Big Eleven. Uh Poof the Twenty Seventh. Mel. Tezrak. Amber M. Danny. Caffeine. Gareth F. Simon Martins. Corin. Ina E. And Darsh. Thank you all so much for money. Thank you all so much for money. Uh if you would like to join uh, those illustrious that illustrious wall of names up there, uh, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash hpcast. Uh, and you can also give us your money if you feel so inclined. Uh, perks include um, getting your fan troll on the podcast, uh, all expenses paid trip out to <laughs> Philadelphia, uh, meet and greet, um, and uh, most, uh, most notable of all, uh, you get to listen to the episodes on saturday instead of on monday so if that sounds good to you um you can uh, go over and check it out uh or if you just want to have your name read at the end of each episode that's great too um also understandable uh even if you don't want to give us your money um you can also uh just be a normal listener uh and you can get included in the part where i shout out all of our normal listeners because it really does mean a lot uh thank you guys all so much for sticking around um Having a lot of fun, uh, reading the epilogues, having a lot of fun with this whole thing in general, and always cool uh, to remember that there's people uh, chilling out and uh, enjoying it with us. So, big ups. Thank you, guys. Yo! R. Kelly sent us to 30 years in prison. Holy shit. Uh, I got him. Shout out to Alex, who was on the <laughs> uh, who was on the R. Kelly jury. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Alex for putting R. Kelly in prison. <laughs> All right, all right. Third shout out. Uh, edit that out, Alex. Uh, our third shout out, as always, goes to Alex, our artist and editor. Um, Alex makes everything we do possible, uh, enables us endlessly, and uh, we would be nothing without him. So thank you so much, Alex. Um, and uh, with that, uh, we will see you again next week, uh, finishing up the candy epilogue. Um, I we're we're finally here. Uh, we'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye-bye.